Hey everyone, you're listening to the Commander's Brew Podcast. And around here, we want to bring you the funnest EDH decks possible on a reasonable budget. So, if you're a Commander player who loves an interesting brew, we're the cast for you. Hey, if you've been here a while and you're loving what we do, consider supporting our show by subscribing on YouTube or giving us a five-star review on iTunes. Or, the biggest and best support is over on our Patreon, patreon.com slash commandersbrew, where you can support us directly while joining other like-minded commander players on our Discord. But without further ado, this week's episode is Prosper Tomebound. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's episode 305 of the Commander's Brew. Uh, we are back after a troubling week of not releasing our set review because we had some technical difficulties, but we're back, like I said, with a brand new deck tech. And uh, we got a guest because guess what? Sean's off tending to his new little baby. Um, little angel. Little angel. Little <laughs> angel girl. Um, we got Mike Carosa here. Mike, welcome, buddy. Good to have you. Hi. So happy to be on. Very excited about today. And very excited. And I'll say this out loud and publicly because I'm not afraid to say this. Very happy for Sean. Yeah. Papa Sean. Don't be afraid to <laughs> say that. That's a nice thing <laughs> oh. to say. Oh, I'm not. I'm not afraid to say it. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, <coughs> I do like the name Papa Sean. I think that's good because it's <laughs> it's close to the the pizza place, but also cl- pretty close to Papa Shango, which I also like quite a bit. <laughs> okay, I was just gonna say close to the pizza place, therefore close to my heart. You I know, I'm let's right just there. call him Papa Shango. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Papa Shango. This week's episode, uh, I'm replacing Papa Shango for a little bit <laughs> because Papa Shango hang out with his little baby. Papa Shango hang out with his little baby. That's right. Uh, that's great, man. Um, yeah, so we're here. We got a brand new deck tech for you this week, um, and uh, it's going to be based around one of the brand new commander, Ooh, like AFR commander new. decks, which I yeah. forgot that they were even happening. I know, right? And it's exciting because they're fun. I, I like know these decks. Yeah, I, I, I look. I, I, you shouldn't be surprised that I got two of them. Uh, that I'm all right. They're pre-ordered and waiting for me. God, I'm so excited. I got the Rakdos one and the Esper one, and oh, uh, buddy, they're, they're so fun. So there's four of them. That's there's right. A there's a Bant one, one and a Gruel one as well. Ah, wow! What an interesting yeah, yeah. mix of colors. Um, really strange. Yeah, we didn't cover them on the set review, so I actually don't really know much about them. I haven't, lo- I haven't even really looked into them yet. I saw like fun the, cards. yeah, like I saw like the Twitter posts of some of the legendaries For being sure. spoiled and stuff like that. But I haven't actually looked at the full on decks. But if this deck is any indication, I think they, yeah, they're gonna be very cool. So I really like this guy. Yeah. Um, but let's, uh, you know, what Mike, you know, this is your first time on the show, on uh, this show, yeah. but you've been on Battle of the Brews many one. times. Yeah. Um, you're very familiar with Commander stuff. You write for the for mm. Commander's Herald and that's right and all that kind of stuff. So, like, uh, uh, what's, you know, what about life, though? What's been happening with you lately? What's, hap- what's, what's cracking? Well, things are, things are, like, uh, I'm in Montreal currently, and uh, things are, like, slow, like, they're starting to be a little bit more open and... Uh, kind of like, oh, we're beating this thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. A lot of us are vaccinated. I'm double vaxxed. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've been doing comedy shows again because uh, I'm so a good. stand-up comedian. And I perform live again now. And uh, like I have two shows tonight, which is crazy. It's you awesome. know what I mean? 
I did a show yesterday in um, Just for Laughs Zoo Fest uh, where they recorded it and it's going to be like little clips online and stuff. You'll get to see that at some point soon. And it's just it feels exciting to kind of get back to something that feels good and normal and right. And uh, yeah, that's that's been the life stuff that and like you saw earlier, I have my puppy here who's uh, very clingy, but also such a sweetheart. But I have to keep her in the other room for this because she loves Loves exploring the stuff on the floor. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, uh, yeah, the cables for guitars and the drumsticks. The magic card uh, that's on the floor that is. Yes. I mean, have we found a new floor of a magic card where it's not just <laughs> a person finding a magic card on the floor, it's a dog finding it? Like, is mm-hmm. that the new absolute floor of a magic card? Is a dog simply not even knowing what a card is? Uh huh. And guess what? <laughs> It's always going to be, for my pup, selfless savior. That's what it is. A little sm- smoochy pooch. Mm, is that I the one that sacrifices like to make something too. indestructible? That's right. So you have to and sacrifice your do. pup? No, that's what I would do for my pup. No, I, you know what? I, that's what I'm the dog benevolent does. bodyguard. I'm benevolent okay, bodyguard. You're switching it up okay. now. I'm, so, I'm making sure it works. <laughs> I am I am mom. <laughs> you are mom. Yeah, you are just mom. Yeah, just be mom because she yeah. doesn't have to sacrifice. She just... You just bend over, I'm mom, I'm grab the dog. Runes. Yeah, I uh, I've read Akroma's will. Uh, oh, you're set. Let's go. You're yeah, good to I'm, go. I'm in it. Pup is fine. <laughs> I, I am Teferi, and this is my protection. Bring it on, baby. Let's party. I don't know what my cat is. My cat there. is um, uh, I don't know what magic card eats cardboard boxes. Ooh, and plastic. Uh, thought devourer. Ingot chewer. She's a monster that just (laughs) gnaws on artifacts. (laughs) You know what? A box would be an artifact. That's what she does. Treasure chest artifacts. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, no, boxes would be artifacts. Your cat is one of the few cats in the world to ever come to me. Like, yeah, she (laughs) does. She she likes people. Yeah. I don't have uh, excellent relationships with cats. They do (laughs) not come to me. I, I put myself out there. They do not respond. There have been two cats in my life that have been like, we love this guy. And like when I show up or like I lived with uh, John Mostyn, who had a cat who uh, who would always sneak into my room so it could come like surprise me at night. And then I'd be like, well, now you got to sleep with me, little sweet cutie. Um, But then uh, and another friend's cat. But then your cat, I was like, great, here comes another cat that's not going to care about me at all. And then I sat down to play and your cat was like. Who's this guy? What's his deal? I like this guy. What's his deal? What's he up to? Yeah. He just wanted to party. This is before uh, Triple H was born. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, you you had like a bassinet like in the, you'd just gotten it. And right. It was in the living room with us. And the cat was in And the in cat it. was trying to jump in. Yeah. The cat <laughs> loved his, his thing before he came. We had this like basket, bassinet thing. Oh. And the cat just loved being in it. And to a point where eventually we were just like, well, I guess it's the cat's. So Harry's on board yet, so whatever. The box is an artifact. Yeah. Uh, but would that make the bassinet a vehicle? Mm, what I'm yeah. The, cat, the cat's crude the vehicle. It must be crude. And then it oh, doesn't yeah. go, and then it has Defender, because it doesn't move. <laughs> no, not it's at all. It's just Defend, a bed. It defends pretty well. I guess a it's bed is those, a vehicle, sure. Yeah. It's you know? one of those uh, fog bank vehicles where yeah. like, you crew it, and it's like prevent all damage that would be dealt to it. Yeah, she's hiding inside of it, so she never gets hit. Yeah. Um, designing cards i know that's what this is now we're starting a new podcast (laughs) where we design cards for our pets uh welcome (laughs) welcome to this uh 
But uh, you know what would be a great podcast, a new one, is one where we just thanked all of our patrons and listeners and you listening and watching. Uh, Thanks, thanks everyone. Thanks for uh, uh, being a part of the show. Thanks for all of you in our Discord. Now, this deck is actually pretty unique because we actually didn't brew in Discord with this one because Mike is our uh, was our guest. He actually like already had this deck going on, so I was like, let's just take this and and commanders brewify it put like yes, budgetify sir. it a little bit um which i've done in my own decks in the past too so uh so mike was our you were our like you were our brewing special yeah, guest uh, but normally speaking when it's shot and myself we brew with our patrons so thanks uh to all of you in our um in our discord there it's a lot of fun thanks uh yeah. you know to any level of patronage and thanks to our sponsors too of course um tcg if you're in the states Check out our affiliate link, which is in all the show notes and everything like that. You can follow that link and pick up the cards in this deck or in any deck. You can just, as long as you use that link, any cards you buy after that, we get a little slice of that. So that's one way to support the show. And then, of course, also there's Patreon and uh, our other other sponsors, the Wizard Tower. Let's hear an ad from them right now. We're proud Canadian podcasters, and we're proud to be sponsored by one of Canada's premier card stores, The Wizard's Tower, wizardtower.com. Canadian listeners get an exclusive coupon code, BREWSTRIXHAVEN, to get 5% off any order of singles shipped to you for free, as long as you've ordered $15 or more in singles. And you can check out our deck list for this week's episode and other episodes we've done on their content site, mtgcanada.com. Cabarol pen. You certainly can borrow a pen, Sean Tavares. Thank you for that ad. Um, so let's move on. What do you say we get into this big deck tech? Let's do it. Okay, here we go. Uh, Prosper is yeah. brand new, like we said, from the new uh, uh, Adventures in the Forgotten Realms commander decks. Um, Technically, as of recording this, still not legal. I know. Command. I saw that, like we, because we have a list going in like Moxfield of all the cards, and like all of the all of the ones from this deck are all like this card is not legal. It's like right. I guess just because it's, it's not released yet, right? Yes, the pre-release is is still it's still we're pre-release weekend of AFR. Oh right. And so these are technically only released as of the twenty third. So oh. that's next Friday. Wow, Isn't that's that so far in advance that we have them all. Well, hey, thanks, Wizards. Thanks for letting Wizards us have them so so <laughs> early, I guess. Uh, <laughs> I'm into it. It gave me so much time to brew. That's uh, true, yeah. It's been fun. Um, so been let's fun. take a look at this card. Uh, Mike, you got this. You got our commander up here. Yeah. You want to read this one for everyone? So Prosper Tomebound is a legendary creature, Tiefling Warlock for two black and a red, one for Death Touch, but that's not the most important stuff on the bad boy himself. Uh, Mystic Arcanum. So in in, in uh, 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 Adventures into the Forgotten Realms, uh, they added these like flavor words, like fla- it's like flavor text, but for like spell names and stuff. Yeah. So this isn't a keyword ability. It's yeah. not like an ability or anything, but it's like it's right before some ability. So Mystic Arcanum. It's a D&D spell or ability that's just like being exactly. represented in magic. Yeah. And I don't know, I don't know D&D a lot, but I do know that the second one is is a is an ability that warlocks or so, tieflings yeah, have. Yeah, Pack Boon I think is would be like it's like warlocks all have like a a pact with their patron, with a, and that's what's granting them exact. Or it could be a demon. It could be like a uh, like a demigod. It could be like an oh. elder. 
uh, okay. Elder God, like Cthulhu type thing. It can be a lot of different things depending it on what type Papa of warlock Shango. you are. It could be Papa Shango. Uh, <laughs> it could be to yourself, I think, even now. They yeah. have a thing. Yeah. But anyways, uh, oh, wow. that's the story. I mean, I'm all, I'm also just learning all of this because I've just started playing D&D. So. Uh, but yeah, that's what hey. the pact is with warlocks. Anyways. So they have the, the keyword ability. So one for death touch, mystic arcanum. At the beginning of your end step, exile the top card of your library until the end of your next turn, you may play that card. And Pact Boon, whenever you play a card from exile, create a treasure token. Huge. Huge. That's very I, cool. for I love this. First of all, Impulse Draw gaining that text of like until the end of your next turn, you may play that card. Mm-hmm. Massive. I think that like... Yes. What what was hurting impulse draw was that it was like until end of turn where you would have to spend the resources that you would then need to spend yeah. on the card you got yeah. and making it a little bit slow and not really true to like red. This is a little bit more planned and a little bit more like in advance. I love this. It's I still think, impulsive. It's just that it doesn't like you yeah. don't have to have 20 mana to do it. Yes. The the impulsive nature of it is that it does feel like a fleeting thought because it's, it's coming from your library, but it's pitched right into exile. Yep. And so you can say no thank you to that card or being like, this is out of, like, I can't afford that, right? <laughs> um, but the best part is that if you play a card, play a card, not cast. If you play a card from exile, oh, not just yeah. your exile, not just cards you've exiled with Prosper, not cards that are, that are exiled exclusively by you. Whenever you play a card, create a treasure token. Whenever you play a card Treasures from, are from exile, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. Play a card from exile. Still I must be from things. exile. Yes. But it doesn't exactly. have to be from you. It doesn't have to be from this card. Like you said, it can be from exactly. anywhere. It can be an opponent's card from exile if you play that. So that's Which sweet. opens it in a lot of ways. Absolutely. Like, uh, I believe Gavin was on uh, YouTube opening up all the, the, the commander decks recently on, on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And he went through this deck first and was like, this deck really wanted to showcase all the ways you can play stuff from exile. Cascade, suspend. You've got stuff like uh, yes. playing from uh, exiling a card from a graveyard. Impulse draw. Uh, you know, uh, you've got like stuff like conspiracy theorist, and you know, a bunch of different ways that you can play from exile. Rebound is also rebound one of them, sweet. You know? yeah. Madness does exile the card to then allow oh, you to play it. Cool. So. Truly, a lot of really cool ways to get your value from exile. However, I will say, it does feel bad to have Prosper out and to exile something with Rebound or Suspend or Madness because then you don't get the discount or the setup. You don't. So mm. if you Rebound is from your hand, uh, Madness you have to discard, uh, and uh, Suspend you have to suspend from your hand as well. Right. So. You know, and for like if you have a foretell spell, that's also another way to get something into exile yeah. and then play from exile. Uh, that also needs to be foretold from your hand. Right. For the discount. That's interesting. But so, yeah, so those types kind of have like, if you're running a lot of that impulse draw type stuff, they can actually kind of non bow with, uh, with what you're actually trying to do a little bit. Right. Which is why this deck kind of strays away from focus, uh, strays away from playing all of those right. all together. Yeah, uh, so we yeah. just and we just kind of focused on uh, most of the stuff. I mean, we do have some of that other stuff, but really, yes, we got absolutely. mostly we're talking about that t- that type of impulse 
draw. So um, as you know, obviously we're going to get some treasures in this deck. We're going to be exiling mm -hmm. stuff. That's how that's what's going to happen. I mean, it's pretty straightforward. That's just Prosper's ability. Oh, so yeah. uh, so setting the scene here, getting into the old vegetables. Uh, we got the, our first like impulse draw card that we've included is a great one. Commune with lava. X red red for an instant. Uh, exile the top X cards of your library until the end of your next turn. You may play those cards. I mean, this is just. This is great. Fantastic. This yeah. gives us everything we want, whether it's a quick one or something like that, or if you want to go nuts uh, with, you know, maybe yeah. a bunch of your treasures late in the game and set up a really big next turn. That's kind of interesting. Um, uh, you can do a lot of stuff with that. Outpost Siege is one we see a lot. Uh, three and a red for an enchantment. Uh, as it enters, you choose cons or dragons. Cons is uh, the ability we're looking for here. I think it's the uh, yeah. uh, the beginning of your upkeep. Exile the top card of your library until end of turn. So that's end of this turn. You may play right. that card. You'll find that when it's free, like Outpost Siege, where it happens just automatically happens. That's when it is like, okay, you only get this one turn to do it. When we have right. the cast... A lot of the times, especially with the more recent cards that are printed, it's like it lasts another whole other turn for you, which is nice. Uh, dragons yeah. is probably not going to be relevant, although it does say whenever a creature you control leaves the battlefield, outpost siege deals one damage to any target. I can see that maybe being relevant if somehow all your treasures got turned into creatures somehow, but that's not right. what we're doing. So you're re there, we're there really might be a version cons. of the deck that does that. For maybe, sure. yeah. But I, I don't, I can't see. No. I can't see the deck that we're brewing with us slamming Outpost Siege down and going... Ever. I'm naming dragons. Yeah, we're never doing Guess dragons. Guess what? <laughs> uh, and then... Um, I mean, unless I stole an Avenger of Zendikar yeah. with like 20 lands in play. Uh, Not going to yeah, happen. Maybe... Even then, it's one damage per target, and I have to find a way to get them You have to find a way killed. to sacrifice them, too. Never exactly. mind. Exactly. That's not this deck. It's not this deck. Uh, we also have Dire Fleet dragons. Daredevil. Direfleet Daredevil. <laughs> Direfleet Daredevil's one and a red for a human pirate with two to one. Uh, it's a two one with first strike, and yes. it uh, enters the battlefield. Exile target instant or sorcery card from an opponent's graveyard. You may cast that card this turn, and you may spend mana as already typed to cast it. If that card would be put into a graveyard this turn, exile it instead. So this one is like a little bit of it's that same impulse type feel where you have to cast it by the end of turn. It gets exiled, but we're grabbing, obviously, something from a, um, a graveyard here. This is one that mm -hmm. would work if we cast it from exile uh, because this is just an ETB ability. So we're going to get right. that as well. So there are these kind of, there's like impulses, the other type, and then there's this kind of middle of the road where it kind of does both things, which is really good. I really like Direfleet Daredevil, and I like that they reprinted it in the pre-con because I think more people need to know about this card. It's a two-mana way to give Incredible card. an instant or sorcery card in an opponent's graveyard flashback for you. Yeah. And you can spend mana of any color to do it. And, like, early game, that means you're, like, probably snagging a ramp uh, spell, you know, if yep. you've got, like... A couple treasures because you're playing Prosper, right? Like you got a couple treasures down, you want to snag a ramp spell, or you can grab something crazy. Like your opponent's finisher is in their graveyard for an extra two mana. That's your finisher now. Right. Like have fun, baby. It's yours. And guess what? Here's an extra to treasure token for your, your troubles, uh, Prosper says. Always, you know? Yeah, always works well <laughs> with board wipes also if we, yes. if we get into a tough situation. Removal in general, obviously. So yeah, a lot of... Just a great card. I mean, obviously, it's this also, is... What? He's also a pirate. I know, fun. right? Which, you know, that might come in handy at some point. Uh -oh, we'll see. Uh -oh. We'll see. We'll see. Um, <laughs> what's the second kind of... You know, we've got another focus here, uh, Mike. we got some treasures in this deck. Yes. Treasures are very important to this deck. In fact, one of the... One of the main ways of killing your opponents is going to be using your treasures and making a lot of them. So, mm. like... 
Reckless Fireweaver uh, procs anytime an artifact enters the battlefield under your control. It deals one damage to each opponent. If you've got like a crazy turn when you're just like casting stuff from Prosper over and over and over again, you are going to be swarmed in treasures and that only helps you cast more things and that'll lead to more treasures. And so you can have a really big turn and like really hit your opponents for a big amount of damage just based off of this one little one three who's just hanging out. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, look, let's let's get into you want to make a bunch of you want to make a bunch of treasures. Well, look, Ruthless Knave, you've got some creatures. You'll be getting some creatures from your opponent's stuff. You'll find a way to make some creatures. You tap, you, you sacrifice a creature, pay three, you get two treasure tokens. Those are going to be useful for you. Those are going to be fixing you. Those are going to be making some tokens. And as we kind of forecasted here, having more treasure tokens is a big deal in this deck. There are ways that end up actually adding more treasure tokens mm. or more artifact tokens academy manufacturer was just added to the pool of commander cards that we and we thank you so much wizards thanks for uh academy manufacturer out of modern horizons too because whenever you create a treasure token you also get a clue in a food and incidental life gain and like just card draw when you need it when you got all these treasures that you don't know what to do with them and you need to crack a clue that's huge i think that's like and then there's also Zorn. I think that's how you pronounce it. X O R N. Mm -hmm. If you create a treasure, if you would create one or more treasures, create an additional yeah. one as well. Which so works. Which is crazy with something like Brass's Bounty. Massive. Right? Well, I mean, well, uh, it would only make one extra. Oh, it only makes it, one it, more. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't yeah, double yeah. it. If you create one, no. Oh, but it just it, makes one additional. Is... But it is better. So then it's so this is the exact opposite of the best thing. The best thing you want is one that makes one at a time. Right, so you would want um, something like, uh, well, this one got cut because it's it's a it's gotten expensive. But pitiless plunderer is a card that that card is would, expensive. It's an uncommon it's, too. It's an uncommon from Rivals of Ixalan that is now you know eleven twelve dollars yeah. Canadian. Wow. Uh, so it's crazy. But the point is, like, Academy Manufacturer will make a clue and a food for every treasure, and then you've got Zorn that's going to make. You know, you, you've got, you're procking off of Prosper. If you're ramping two for every spell you're casting on Prosper, uh, that's pretty huge. You know so, what? I'm going to stop you right there because it does sound like we're starting to get into the neat moves. Working on a neat move. Uh, it's okay. hard not to. It's Listen, hard I not know, to. I it's know. You get to. excited, right? But we gotta, <laughs> we gotta tell people when we're approaching the neat moves, which of course we are right now. Uh, just, the whole deck is neat moves. The whole deck is neat moves. <laughs> the, you know what? That's when you know you get a good deck. So okay, I'll, so I'm gonna let you go nuts and read these first, these first couple here, uh, because this is sound like where you were headed, anyways. Oh, I uh, yes. So just I read was. them. Just just make sure you read them in this order, because that's right. That's how I have them set up in the tabs. You got it. Uh, look, it's in the pre-con. You know it. You love it. It's Marionette Master. Oh, you got an artifact deck that has a bunch of tokens that you're going to be sacrificing? Um, buddy, excuse me. <laughs> what do you want? The perfect finisher? Six mana? Not too expensive. And I'll tell you why. For four black black, you get a one three. And it's so like, one three? That doesn't sound impressive. Hold on a second. Whenever an artifact you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, target opponent loses life equal to Marionette Master's power. You're like, one three? Uh, hold on a second. That still sounds unimpressive. It also has Fabricate three. 
which when it enters the battlefield, you get to decide, do I want three colorless servo tokens or do I want to put three plus one plus one counters on this thing? And I think most of the time in this deck, we're adding the counters because that puts Marionette Master at four seven, which means every time you have an artifact hit the graveyard, that means you're dealing four damage. Well, you're making an opponent lose four life. For every treasure you sacrifice, for every food you sacrifice, for clues, for just any of your artifacts getting destroyed, for like sacrificing Idol of Oblivion to make a giant Eldrazi, for uh, using your unstable obelisk, for sacrificing Wayfarer's Bobble, it's too much! It's too much! It's insane. Uh, once you get all the te- <laughs> treasures out, it just gets wild. It is target opponent, so you got to make sure, you know, that it's because it, it's not one of those things. It's not like a uh, Zulaport right. Cutthroat where it's everyone. Um, you do have to target, so there is that. But I mean, this card is this card's crazy. We've been talking so about this good. card for a long time. Oh, buddy. Similarly, we have uh, the next one here, Nadir's Nightblade. This is a good one. Oh, buddy. One of my favorites from Commander Legends. Yeah. I, uh, for those of you who don't know me well enough, let me just tell you, big Aristocrats player. Mm-hmm. Have been for a while. I love me a graveyard. I love sacking stuff to make things happen. Aristocrats is probably my favorite archetype after Mill and Discard. Uh, but uh, <laughs> I'll say... Nadir's Nightblade is one that I feel fell under the radar because for two and a black, you get a 130 warrior that says whenever a token you control leaves the battlefield, each opponent loses a life and you gain a life. I mean, a token I control. Wait, it doesn't say creature token? Okay, hold on a second. What are treasures, if not just more tokens that are going to leave the battlefield? Boom, you got yourself a Zulaport Cutthroat for your treasures. Oh, buddy. Yeah, now I you got it, this right? Card. I this love card's, this card. This card's wild because, yeah, I think obviously everyone thought of tokens uh, as creatures right away. But this Absolutely. might as well just say treasures because that's what it works the best with because we don't need a sack outlet for those, obviously. So right. really, really just boosts the, 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 the synergy with treasures like crazy here. This is an incredible card. Exactly. Uh, what about the next one? What's that? What's that one? That's uh, oh this yeah, this little guy right here. I love Mayhem Devil. Uh, this is works, of course, very well with our treasure theme as well. Uh, one black red for the three three devil. Whenever a player sacrifices a permanent, Mayhem Devil deals one damage to any target. So, I, I mean, oh, you if mean you, it happens when someone else sacrifices a treasure? That's too? right. And with the prevalence of treasures in Commander these days, <laughs> with your Dockside so Extortionist players. Uh, Mayhem uh-huh. Devil is an excellent Sick. include, right? <laughs> Obviously, just from our own strategy, but also because, yeah, we're going to come across people who are like, I want to sacrifice three treasures to cast this spell, but if you do that, you kill my commander, you know? Something yeah. like that's yeah. going to happen. So that's this right. is a very oh, good Mayhem Devil deals one damage to any target. Any target. That's right. Any target. Isn't that nuts? This, Isn't this deck nuts? <laughs> someone gets low enough life totals, and I've seen this, where someone gets low enough life totals, but then they, like get a late like dockside or brass's bounty or something right. that's putting a ton of treasures on the table uh but, but they're down to like five life or something it's like well good luck using your treasures <laughs> you know yeah right. you gotta get yeah. rid of this mayhem well. devil first because like you can't do anything you're gonna kill yourself so it <laughs> oh, can really handcuff some treasures? players yeah sorry buddy looks like you're gonna need to use your lands for Stops something <laughs> infinite combos with the treasures all this kind know, of stuff it's wild everything. i love it you don't get a dockside loop uh, when uh, mayhem devil's out i'll there's tell anoth- you what there's another one just well, like another one kind of like this right here right and i think this one is gonna see 
I'll tell you guys, grab them while they're while they're inexpensive because they I think they just reprinted this guy. But Disciple of the Vault is a one mana one one. It's a bl- for one black mana. You get a human cleric that says whenever an artifact is put into a graveyard from play, you may have target opponent lose one life. Treasures are everywhere. Mm-hmm. There's going to be people like me playing this deck, and uh, I'm going to be using treasures. And if you have this out, uh, I'm going to have to think twice about what I'm doing. Yeah. Disciple of the Vault is amazing for you who is in control of it because you just get to, of course, just like the Nadir's Nightblade and the Mayhem Devil and Marionette Master, you get to throw damage around, but it could also be used a little defensively with your opponents using stuff like clue tokens or, you know, Lonus Cryptozoologist is a, is yep. a very popular uh, commander right now. And sacking all those clue tokens means that like, hey, if you're going to dig into my library, you're also going to take eight damage from this guy like, yeah. or you're going to lose eight life rather uh, if you if you feel so inclined to take from my stuff. You and know these, what I mean? And especially like Mayhem Devil, Disciple here, they're great because they they're not this kind of card that looks really scary to the entire table a lot of the times, right? So you've got that Lonus cryptozoologist player, and then you've got, like, I don't know, someone playing, like, uh, some Bant deck, and someone else over here Mm -hmm. is playing, like, Mono Green. It's like, they don't care about that. So they're going to be like, oh, sure, sure. what, you're crippling this other deck while while we get to, like, prosper? And and that's the other thing too is that it doesn't actually shut off that deck. Of course, you just nope. have to you just got to be careful with what you're doing. You got to be paying. You're paying a little bit of life, so it's like it's a soft, like you know, I don't know what to say. Like it's a, it's not a lock at all, but it's like no. it's like a soft restriction on the deck it's that's like going to otherwise go nuts, right? It's like hey, maybe you want to pay attention to this. I don't know hey, about you, you're lose but uh, one life for, for or, clue or treasure, or whatever. Me, let me throw this idea out at you a little bit. Um. You are targeting. First of all, Nadir, Nadir's Nightblade is going to hit the whole table, so that one's out. But Marionette Master, Mayhem Devil, Disciple of the Vault, you get to pick who gets to lose that life or where that damage goes. That's true. Goes. It doesn't have to be the person doing it, right? So Magic the Gathering's Commander format is a game of politics. And as mm-hmm. someone running a deck whose, ma- uh, whose commander has made a pact with... Uh, a patron, a, a demon patron. Yeah. I'm picking demon. Yeah. Uh, why don't we make a deal too? Come on, right. I'll broker a deal. It's like a pyramid scheme. It goes all the way down up to the top. Uh, hey, you want to sacrifice all those uh, clue tokens to dig into someone's library, Lonus player? Well, guess what? With all those eight clue tokens going away, they're also going to lose eight life if right. you target them. Huh? Right. How about that? Or hey, maybe if you use all your treasures this turn. I won't target you with Marionette Master. Instead, we could take out this guy who's had solitary confinement out for the whole game or whatever and can't be dealt damage or attacked. Huh? I Pillow love it. Fort's and that's true. This is, lo- this is lose life. It does get around that kind of type of stuff. Um, so what do we next here, we've got... I'll read these two. So we've got Gearper Ori, which is a cool card in this deck. Four mana for the artifact that says, each player may play an additional land on each of his or her turns. At the beginning Sick. of each player's upkeep, if that player has no cards in hand, that player draws three cards. Okay. Interesting. 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 Works well with a little card called Uba Mask. Four uh-huh. mana for... This is a rare artifact from Kamigawa. Uh, if a player would draw a card, that player removes that card from the game face up instead. Each player may play cards he or she removed from the game with Uba Mask this turn. 
Right. So it would be it's like exiles the top card of their library face up and they may play cards exiled with Uva Mask. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So everyone just gets this like uh oh it's, oh they they only get their own spells. Okay, that's cool. So right. it is it isn't like the card that spells. makes the like the pool of everyone gets it's to play the same spell. Pool, no, It's not knowledge pool or it's not uh it's not uh the new share the spoils. It's not right. that new card either. Right on. So yeah, so this is very cool because obviously, you know, I think mm, I mean, this is going to affect you in the best possible way, and not really mess with anyone else's plan, really, right? Like they still—they're still going to get to cast spells and stuff. Mm-hmm. They can, but it does mean that everything you play off of it, yeah, will get you treasure. So think about that with Gear with Orrery, right? So each player mm-hmm. may play an additional land. So if we get some lands up there, we can play that additional stuff. And then at the beginning of each player's upkeep, if that player has no cards in their hand, the player draws three cards. Well. This is just going to speed up everything because if we start actually playing those cards from our hand, Ubermass, we don't draw any more of them, so we exactly. will have an empty hand. So we right. so we'll be exiling even more cards and getting even more of the bonus from right. from Prosper, which is great. So like everyone else is still playing the same game, but we are getting this crazy benefit. And actually, yeah, yeah, I just love it. This is great. And that's it's also why you want um, you want to protect your commander because like this mm. this. This does work fine without Prosper, but you are exiling a little like you with Prosper. You exile at your end step, and therefore, if you exile a land, you at least know you're going to hit that land drop. Mm-hmm. So, if you exile something off of Ubermask afterwards, and it's another land, you get to play both those lands, and you're up two treasures, and you can use whatever you've got going on to keep playing. But if you have no cards in hand, Ori, first of all. My, I was running this list by one of my friends, and he kept saying, why are you so intent on keeping Orrery? And I was like, just read the card. <laughs> Picture yourself in a game where I'm your opponent, and I've basically got these two things out, and I might look scary, but you also get to play more lands, mm-hmm. and then at some point, you'll also get three cards a turn that you have to play that turn, but you still get those three ex- two extra cards. I mean, it is pretty huge. And he's like, you're right. I probably wouldn't want to remove that. Cards like that do a thing where they level the playing field. And it, that what that does, it, it um, as far as like land drops and things go, because mm-hmm. obviously green gets the hu- the biggest boost from, from ramping and things like that. Massive. So giving them an extra land drop can be really good for them too. But the thing is, is that they've included cards in their deck that do that. So like... Uh, now you've given one of those cards to everyone at the table. So ideally we can all kind of, we can at least step up a little bit to what green's doing in this Rakdos right. deck. Right. Um, and obviously with this, with this actual combination, when you have Uba mask as well, then we're, then we're really cooking. Um, but there's right. one card uh, that you mentioned that uh-huh. really goes well with these two. Uh, this is, this card is, I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and shout out Jedit from, uh, EDH rec who, and then commanders Herald, who I've consulted on, on our, we've been co-building Prosperless since the thing was spoiled. And, uh, he, he pointed this card out to me and I was like, this is evil. This is fantastic. <laughs> um, Oblivion Sower, uh, talk about leveling a playing field and then just decimating it for yourself. Oblivion Sower is an Eldrazi for six mana, a 5-8 uh, that says when you cast Oblivion Sower, target opponent exiles the top four cards of their library, and then you may put any number of land cards that player owns from exile onto the battlefield 
under your control. <laughs> huh, feels like a word is missing there. Oh, you mean they don't come into play tapped? Wow. And you've and <laughs> there's a bunch of exile happening in this game already, and you're probably gonna exile a ton of stuff from your opponent's libraries because of uh, Ubermask and stuff like that, or maybe you're running around with a tally and you flip a bunch of lands off of some guy's thing. Well, guess what? I'm going to cast Oblivion Sower, and those lands that I couldn't have before, give me now. You get them I'll now. take them. But they don't, importantly, you're not playing them, so you don't That's get right. the treasures from Prosper. That's correct. But, but I mean, hey, if, whatever, right? You get I like mean, you're gonna get a bunch of lands. Oh, I'm I'm sorry. I didn't get I didn't get seven treasures off the seven lands <laughs> yeah. I put into play I this turn. I would be untapped. disappointed about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh man, I don't get the treasures. And um, lands are full of utility. Like you don't know what people are running. You might hit like a buried ruin that might like allow you to like bring back a crazy artifact that you have in your yard that got blown up, yeah. or like like cursed mirror, or. Uh, inspiring statuary, you know, like anything from the list that like you're like, oh, I got to get that back. There's a lot of stuff happening. And I really, really like Oblivion Solar. So shout out to Je Jevin. That was sick. Uh, it's a that huge a include. One. I think it's, it's great. I love Massive. this. That's a very neat move. I think no matter what stage you're getting this card at. Um, it's neat. So Mike, so the way we did this was yes. uh, Mike sent us a or sent me a, a list of the deck that he's been working on. And I was like, this looks so great. I was like, like I said, we'll just probably we'll cut some budget from this and we'll 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 just Chop use it up. Why not? Bit. Right. So inevitably, when you budgetify a deck, kind of, you end up including <laughs> something that cares about tribal cards. Uh, it's just it's the way just it so works. It's so much easier. Yeah. <laughs> now this tribal yeah, this card's not bad, right? So we got the, so included in the like budget version, we've got breaches, brazen plunderer, three to red Excellent. for a legendary goblin pirate. It's a three three with menace, and it says whenever one or more pirates you control deal damage to your opponents, exile the top card of each of those opponents' libraries. You may play those cards this turn, and you may spend mana or any color to cast those spells. This is one of the partner commanders from Commander Legends, uh, yeah. but it works great in the ninety nine of this deck, especially if you've included Pretty a few good. pirates, which I. Think with without even trying, we do have a couple. Like we've got a handful. We got a handful, and I think like I might, I like if we, if I was building from the ground up and I wanted to include breaches, I might include two or three more. But right. uh, I still think like he like breaches himself just still. That's the thing with all the pirates we have in this deck; they all still do their thing on their own. Absolutely. You don't need you, like breaches as a unusable if you don't have other pirates. Exactly. He just he just gets better uh, because the three three menace that basically draws you a card. When it hits, that's not bad. We'll take it, um, and that's exactly what happened. So, like, speak on these uh, these other two two of the like I think like six or seven pirates of the deck. Yeah, we've got a handful. We've already talked about Direfleet Daredevil yep, earlier. True, who yep. we said he's a pirate, right? Yep. We got a little pirate. Captivating Crew is a uh, human pirate for four. That's a four three, and so it hits hard, which means that you know if someone's gonna be if you're gonna be attacking to somebody, they might not want to block it or. You know, you can then also remove a potential blocker with its ability. For three and a red, gain right. control of target creature and opponent controls until end of turn. Untap that creature. It gains haste until end of turn. And you may activate this ability only any time you could cast a sorcery. Now, sometimes you might not have cards you want to cast or you might not have cards that you can cast. Maybe Uba Mask and Prosper exiled a few too many lands in a row. But you have all this treasure hanging around and you want to sacrifice them. And you've got breaches down. So 
Why not spend four of those treasures to grab one of your opponent's blockers and go smack them in the face with their own guy and your captivating crew and your breaches and see if maybe they've got something on top of their library or spread the love and get something from a couple opponents' libraries. Yeah. That's a solid... I, I've really... I've always really liked Captivating Crew, and I feel like it doesn't get the respect I believe it deserves. And I think it's because people see Activate only as a sorcery, and I'm like, okay, yes. But Threaten Effects are very powerful, so I really like that one. I love this card, uh, too, yeah. Yeah, and then I believe the um, the, the next one is... Um, oh, I did in reverse order. That's my bad. Um, this one is kind of a finisher. This one's nuts. Can be, yeah. Fathom Fleet Swordjack for four mana, three and a red, four, three... Orc Pirate. Whenever it uh, it attacks, it deals damage to the player or planeswalker it's attacking equal to the number of artifacts you control. Wow. <laughs> and, and it's not even over. And it has Encore for five and a red. Right? Encore. Encore. You <laughs> it's, you exile it. You exile the card from your graveyard and for each opponent so you create a token. So it's technically on theme. Like it's technically sort on of. theme. Sort right? of. Because you're not actually it, casting it though. That's the thing. Right. But it's, it, hey, you exiled it. So look, okay, Prosper stills like half a thumbs up. You're fine. Yeah. But you make a copy for each opponent. You create a token copy. You swing at them. Each opponent takes damage equal to the amount of artifacts you control. And they still have a 4-3 raging in at them. And then at the end of the turn, oh, let's say you've gotten a Deer's Nightblade out. Yep. Well, these tokens disappear. How about they take an extra one damage and you gain uh, a life each? There's you know? so much they There's so much synergy so going on, right? So you've got you've got this. You've got, uh, like you mentioned, like the Nadir's Nightblade works yeah. with it. Obviously, we're talking about this because of Breaches. But Ruthless Knave, which is also a pirate, also, also, a pirate. also has a, is a sack outlet for creatures, which you could do to the Encore creatures if you want. Exactly. Uh, also makes treasures, like cares about treasures. It's so it, it all, I mean, unsurprisingly, the pirates all synergize together and it works really well. Well, Ruthless Knave means that if you pay... You, if you pay four to take something away with Captivating Crew and attack with it, and you can still pay another three mm -hmm. to sacrifice it to Ruthless Knave and get two treasures out of the deal anyway. Right. So instead of casting you seven mana, sure, you're, it's like seven mana on layaway, but then for five, it's basically for five mana, you got to take something away and sacrifice it. And isn't that a card already that's like grab the reins or something? Yeah. It's like, get treasures when you do it. Yeah, I think it is. It, cool it's uh, uh yeah wild i, really I, like I love it. i know i love it it's like it and i love it when these little synergies all do come together but the, again mm. the fact that if you just draw a fathom fleet sword jack all you need is some treasures which is just what this deck does so oh, yeah this guy's just good on his own as well mm. um all right what are the what's the what are these next two looking like here we've got galvanic relay Right. Uh, which is another one that we included in the budget version. It's two and a red for a sorcery that's exile the top card of your library. During your next turn, you may play that card. And that's not that great. But then it has Storm. Mm, so, okay. The and then we also have Bergy, God of Storytelling, in this deck. The two, uh, two and a red for the three, three legendary god. Whenever you cast mm. a spell, add red until end of turn. You don't lose mana as steps and phases end. That's nice for right. the treasures. And, um, the boasting thing is is like never come up yeah. ever with Berkey never. in the history of the world. Never once. Uh, so, um, so yeah, this is like a weird little storm package. Like it wants to be stormy. I know there's like, is it Mana Geyser is already in this deck, right? The red mana card that like gives you a bunch here, yeah. of mana. 
And mm. so there's a bunch of stuff. Um, so like, um, obviously we're looking to cast a couple spells, get some Bergy mana, maybe then use Galvanic Relay maybe from that Bergy mana uh, right. to then storm and get like, you know, basically draw, you know, impulse draw like three or four cards. Hopefully, I mean, we're probably we're not storming off because <laughs> this no. doesn't actually do anything not other any than means, draw like, some cards. But it can be a good off. one, you know, when we when we have a when we have a um, when we have a bit of a board going. And I'll say in play testing this this uh, version of the deck, I was able to get up to six storm. Okay. With Galvanic Relay. And it, wor- and it worked out nicely. Exiled a couple of really cool things that, like, obviously couldn't cast all of them the next turn. Mm-hmm. But it made for, like, a really interesting setup for the next turn. And I can only imagine being at the table where, like, my opponents will be like, well, those six cards, what, what are, what's coming at us? You know what I mean? Right. Like, so what's, you know... I, and, it, you know, I, I, I'd, I'd be really interested to see what this deck is like at a table and how people react to it because they get so much information, which is a bit of a downside with the exile stuff. Yeah, interesting. But you're not hiding anything either. You're kind of just going for all of it all the time. Yeah, you know? that's true. I really, I, I think something to note with Bergy is that um, it's flip side. So Bergy's flip side is Harnfell Hornet right. Bounty. For four and a red, you get a legendary artifact that says discard a card. Exile the top two cards of your library. You may play those this turn. Yeah. So, I mean, basically draw two in this deck, and then you still get the semi-Bergy element that prospers out. So if you cast something from Exile, you then get a treasure. So it's kind of like getting the uh, red mana from Bergy. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, this really works either way you want to, like, whatever stage you're at, like, whatever's going yeah. on. This is a very versatile card for this deck. I, I always really, forget I about really the back like of Bergy, but this is very good. Like, this... I, I'm telling you, and I'll say it out loud for everybody to hear, I think Bergy is going to be a very important card in Commander, at least, in, I, maybe not the near future, but I'm telling you, I'm someone who owns at like 12 copies at this point because <laughs> every red deck I, I have runs it, and then also I can't picture a time where I won't be like, you know what? Bergy's perfect for this, and I'm going to put Bergy in here. Very good card. We've been included. We've definitely so been including it here, uh, and that's so a, good. That's a good sign. <clears throat> it feels like if you see a lot of cards show up in Commander's Brood decks, that means because it's like it's cheap and it's good, mm-hmm. and then eventually you'll be like, hey, you guys don't use that card anymore. It's like yeah, it's because it became ten dollars. Like right, know? yeah, yeah. And not that's, to mention it is an MDFC, so like that's not yeah. going to help its things because like MDFC is very difficult to reprint. It's true. Very difficult to reprint. So. Um, you heard it here first, folks. Get your burgies. They're good. They're so good. Let's, uh, I guess let's just mention this last card here, which is just, it's not really a neat move. It's oh, just yeah. a good card um, mm-hmm. that, that like, uh, uh, highlights one of the other ways we can exile stuff. You go ahead. Wild Magic Sorcerers, three in a red for a 4-3 Orc Shaman that says what, the first spell you cast from exile each turn has Cascade. Interesting card. I like it. Yeah. I think, oh, God, uh, I think that it's it's like a really cool. First of all, it's a shaman, which makes me think like, oh, shaman have gotten a little bit of love recently with Harmonic Prodigy. And I think there's some stuff on the like on the horizon with the shaman that cool. could be cool. I'm just like, ooh, fingers crossed for shaman. But the first spell you cast from exile each turn has cascade. So there is a build of this deck that leans heavily on instance. Uh, you know, or uh, flash speed stuff that you can then you cast from exile and then cascade into something maybe d- 
devastating for the entire uh, uh, table of opponents of yours. But I, uh, I think that just getting a, a bonus off of something like Rousing Refrain, which you've suspended three turns ago, and then you then cast from exile, and all of a sudden you're cascading for four, and you're getting mana equal to the like amount of cards in an opponent's hand. Uh, I think that's huge. Considering I think it's a sleeper in this deck. Yeah, considering this is like how red draws cards, this is kind of just good in a lot of red decks, right? Like if oh if, yeah, like obviously you know for pairing with actual card draw, maybe it's not as good. Like if you're not leaning on that impulse stuff, but like if you've got a mono oh, yeah. red deck or you red black like we have here, red white, like I know that a lot of those decks do rely on this type of impulse draw. So like. This card just gets really good then. You're just getting free spells with this. This is amazing. Another card that I have been uh, talking about a lot recently with Pals is like Valakut Exploration is a two man, a three mana enchantment for two and a red that says landfall. Whenever a land enters a battlefield under your control, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card for as long as it remains exiled. So it doesn't mm. go away uh, except at the end of your en- at the beginning of your end step. If you're if there are cards exiled with Valakut Exploration, put them into its owner's graveyard, and then Valakut Exploration deals that much damage to each opponent. So they do come out of exile, but the idea is that if you're playing mono red and you've got the wild magic sorcerer out, and you just play a land for turn, and it's something you can cast, well, guess what, buddy? You're casting that card and cascading. It's just all money on the table if you're not taking advantage of this. Zero mana. Well, no, not because you're playing a land to exile the top of your library. Oh, so, like, I see what you mean. Say, <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. No, no. If I <laughs> it, say I play, if I play a land and I exile something like, uh, something like a, a brass's bounty, right? Like I'm gonna have a big turn for one. Oh, that's good. first just, of all, that's gonna I, be a huge turn. Yeah, yeah. Huge turn. So I play brass's bounty for seven, but before the craziness even starts, cascade for seven. Okay, flip till you hit a card you could cast. Boom, that's also cast from exile. You're getting two cast from exile triggers off of Prosper. True. You're yeah. getting two extra treasures, and then the Brass's Bounty hits. And, like, I don't know what you just cast. It's seven mana. It could be anything. You could be hitting, like, your Marionette ma- uh, uh, Master. This could be the end of the game. So Incredible. What, yeah, Wild Magic Sorcerer is nuts. I th- I think it's... I think it's one that I'm I'm gonna buy a couple copies of and see where else I could sneak it in because it's very cool. It's very cool. Agreed, agreed. I think there's definitely we all have decks. I think where this card's just gonna be good. It had some chaos to the game. It's um, like ooh, fun. Bring so it. that's I mean that's the main look of the deck right there, right? A lot of this, a uh, lot of casting stuff from exiles, a lot of treasures. I mean I think we yeah. got some different combos happening. I love when uh-huh. we can we're not leaning heavily just on one thing. We got some variants going on here. I love this deck. I uh-huh. think it's a lot of fun. Um, and I believe that since we've kind of run through what the deck wants to do, it's time for the budget report. Uh, okay, so we uh, the version you gave me was, I believe, one thousand something in the thousand it, range. It was up there. It, it was, was up uh, there. Depending on where you go, yeah. it was between like nine hundred to like thousand something. We got right. it down pretty good here. We got it down to TCG mid one thirty five, which is impressive, which is decent. And the low, the low, this is actually surprised me. The low is ninety seven, and I uh-huh. looked through it, and it's because a lot of the cards, the like, there is no like beat up crappy version of it. So they're all like, 
they're all just like the same. So the low uh, was always like five cents less than the other card. Like our commander is one of our most expensive cards, and it like the low version on that was like it's like seven ninety nine or seven sixty. You know. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but um, it hasn't even come out yet, so hopefully there aren't beat up versions of it. <laughs> right. Uh, it's like, but like they're anticipating there will be, of course. Uh-huh. Um, so we do. Uh, we 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 don't run any super expensive cards in here. Um, uh. But we do run a couple, you know, getting in that five, six dollar range, one of them being right. Underworld Breach, which doesn't work like you don't exile it. Like Underworld Breach is the one in a red. This is our preview card for Theros. This is pretty sick. Right. Uh, it's the enchantment that um, at the sorry, each non-land card in your graveyard has escape. The escape right. cost is equal to the card's mana cost plus exile three other cards. And at the beginning of the end step, you sacrifice Underworld Breach. So it just gives us some some more like options from our graveyard. It's just a generally just a very good card, obviously. Um, it's an excellent recursive tool for something that like say you have a, enough stuff in your graveyard to make you feel like you can just cast stuff from your graveyard to set yourself back up to a position where you can loop stuff with Prosper mm-hmm. and... Uh, it, it, it really can take you back into a game, and that's kind of what its purpose is here because, like it or not, this deck is kind of fragile. Somebody hits you with a blind obedience, all your treasures come into play tapped. Right. Um, so, it, you know, as much as I really love this deck, I do think, like, it's a bit of a glass cannon, and Underworld Breach is here to make sure that, like, hold on a second, let's make this fair for me again. You know what I mean? I wonder how, um, how this is going to play out with us exiling so many of our cards. That's the only thing well, I... Well, it's because you're exiling about. and then playing well, them. we are playing them, exactly. to your yard. Right. But if we, if, like, if we kept exiling stuff that we're not pleased with, I wonder how much... Like our graveyard's got to take a bit of a hit from that, right? Like, because um, we're not drawing those cards, right? It's surprisingly less than you think, because as much as you're exiling stuff, you end up playing most of what you exile, or you end up, um, like, say stuff like Valakut Exploration, where you are playing the land and then it gets exiled and it gets thrown into your graveyard at the end yeah. of uh, at the beginning of your end step or like conspiracy theorist doesn't exile it for sure. Like you're allowed to choose whether or not to leave yeah. it in or not. Uh, you know, so like a lot of your stuff will hit the yard, uh, but for sure it's not like a regular deck. Like you are playing with the exile zone. So mm-hmm. I think, there, you, there I think are you're still going to get good value off of this for sure. Um, it's six dollars, so it's not like it's super expensive, um, right. but uh, the, it is one of the more expensive cards in the deck outside of our commander, which I, like I said, is I think around eight bucks. Um, we also talked about Bergy already, but she's up around six six bucks now. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's uh, these are two cards that like I think I would keep Bergy over Underworld Breach, but again, if you're looking Definitely. to get this down, you're gonna have to cut a couple cards because we again we didn't have any like big really super high cost cards in this deck. Mm-hmm. Um, but of course, as always, uh, there are a couple like really expensive cards that are, are, are going to really stand out and really be really nuts with this deck. Uh, first yeah. one's a bit of a mild one that I, I, I see people playing more often now. I didn't realize it got up to 10 bucks, but curse of opulence. It's kind of crazy. It's wild. It's, it's a single red for the aura curse. Uh, whenever enchanted players attack attacked, create a colorless artifact token named gold so it's not a treasure and it has that's the kind that you just sacrifice it uh and it's gone and it without makes tapping. It, yeah you don't have to tap it and each opponent attacking that player does the same so we all know how these work like the opponent gets it yeah. as well as the person who who gave it basically the yeah. person who cast it um 
Mike, it's you and I were talking. It's really expensive. It's gotten yeah. really expensive. Ten bucks is crazy for this card. I mean, single mana though, right? Single one, like one red mana. It's, it, it's turn great. one, this could change the outcome of a game, but it it has had the adverse effect. Before. Yeah. So it depends so on. The I've game. seen it a lot where it just it just uh, disincentivizes people from attacking that person. So like, oh, if yeah. you're thinking of putting this on the like the players in the lead, it's like mm. that can work out sometimes if we all know we have to kill that person, but. Then there's sometimes where you like put it on someone, and then they're like, "Well, I'm just not going to attack that person. I'm not. I'm not going to give you the mana because I don't need mm-hmm. it, right?" So you got to look out. Sometimes you said, "Play it on yourself," and we said yeah, that man. when this first this card first dropped. Like, Curse of the, Opulence and Cunning Rhetoric. Like, Cunning Rhetoric is also in the deck. It's the new one from Commander uh, 2021, the Strixhaven stuff. Yeah. Uh, that when an opponent attacks you, you get a card from the top of their library and cast it anytime and. Um, that, so that and curse of opulence. So like curse of opulence, you put it on yourself. You're basically like saying, Hey, come at me. My commander has death touch. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. and if you give me treasure, you're only going to fuel more of this reckless fire weaver stuff, more of this marionette master stuff. Like you are not going to get what you want if you come at me, but I'm going to get exactly what yeah. I need. That's true. And that's, a, I mean, that's a nice defensive move because this deck looks like it's going to need it. Yeah. It's a um, real judo move, like using uh, your own momentum against you. This next one's pretty obvious. I mean, right? Don't yeah. even need to Dockside say too much about it. Dockside, obviously, very good. In this Make deck. a lot of treasures, sack yep. a lot of treasures. Game plan. Uh, a little. Uh, hey, I'll, I'll say it. A little boring. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Generally good card. Boring. We see it everywhere. If you bought these commander decks, or if you yeah. bought this commander deck, good on you. You got a dockside. Yeah, exactly. Um, otherwise, it's pretty expensive. Uh, Goldspan Dragon. Oh, uh, that's not what it is. Goldspan Dragon's really great in this deck, obviously. Ooh, Goldspan Dragon's fantastic in this deck, but still hasn't gone down from. It's like its pre-release price was way up, and now it's still like twenty something bucks, and I just don't want to pay that for a card. <sighs> so good. Like, it's, it's very so good. good. Just doubles it's up your. Good. It's the Flying Haste four four for five that. Uh, when it attacks or becomes target of spell, you, you make a treasure, and then treasures tap for two now, which is nice. Yeah, exactly. Um, there's a bunch of other good stuff. I mean, we you, you, you got here Jessica's Will, Sensei's Divining Top <sighs> we included. Any of the zero-cost um, artifacts, obviously, are just generally good. Like, yeah, because I have, I, I, in my original lesson, like Jeweled Lotus, like to get Prosper out turn one is crazy, and then to like exile a Jeweled Lotus would mean... You cast the Jeweled Lotus for zero. That's your insurance plan for getting him out after. But you also get a treasure. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. Sensei's Divining Top can like rearrange something so that you can exile what you need. And yeah. Jessica's Will is is a is a crazy ritual that that you know gets you the highest that gets you mana equal to the highest amount of cards to, in, in an opponent's hand and exiles three cards from your library. So yeah, that one works especially. I mean, that's obviously just like a generally good red card, but it even has added bonus in this deck. For exactly. Sure. Yeah. If you're not working with a budget, I'd say Jessica's will is the first card I would consider. Putting it's crazy in. how good that, how good that card has become in commander and how ah, ubiquitous man. it is. I was uh, lucky. I, I opened the foil one in the commander legends booster and I was like, I already know this is gonna be the spice. <laughs> I oh man, oh whew, I it's got an incredible card. It's so hand. good. It's so good. Um, all right. Well, that's that's it though. That's the deck. That's the deck. Those are our neat moves. That's the budget report. That's all the stuff mm-hmm. we didn't use, but you can uh, remember to check out Lost Cards because that is coming up as well. That'll be out. If you're watching this like day of, it's coming out in two mm-hmm. days. Coming out on the Thursday. Uh, but we're gonna talk about all the 
various other ways we could have taken this commander and taken this deck. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, Mike, thanks for being here. Thanks for uh, filling thanks in for, for Sean. Me. This is this is a very fun deck. This is a, this is a like I would one hundred percent play this deck. I'm so excited to take this out in the wild, man. Like I I've been this is the first deck in a while that I'm like. This commander speaks to me, and yeah. I've been looking at it every night. Like <laughs> normally what happens is I'll like throw together a list of 140 cards and be like, this is too much. I can't do it. But this one I've been chipping away at, and I really uh. I feel like I'm getting there, and I feel really good about it. And, I, uh, yeah, I love this deck. And I appreciate being on. I all love the Papa Shango. all <laughs> love to the, the, the Commander's Brew f- uh, fam and uh, Battle of the Brew heads who still – Ask me if I've ever been to Uvu Javer and, uh, <laughs> you know, who uh, uh, from time to time will write me and be like, hey, I know this is crazy, but I just got to Are you the Mike from Battle of the Brews? And I'll be like, <laughs> I don't know what's so crazy about it, but yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, yeah, sometimes I'll be looking at my inbox for Commander's Herald. Amazing. And, and it'll be that kind of email. Well, that's oh, great. Man. Well, yeah, <laughs> make sure to check out my stuff on Commander's Herald because it's great. You write the... Uh, hey. Am I the bolus? Uh, exactly. It's like a dear Abby. Am I the? Am I the? Uh, I don't know if I can say the word on here, but am I? Am I the? Am I the mean person in this situation? <laughs> yeah. There uh, you go. So you can email me. I keep forgetting. This is so stupid. I keep forgetting that my name for the email is Mark Carbonza. Just confusing, so, truly. <laughs> I at know, this point. I know. I thought <laughs> I was just gonna write under a pseudonym, but I just like didn't have it in me to keep my mouth shut about it being me. Uh, so Mark Carbonza is at gmail.com for Commander's Herald. Or if you go to Commander's Herald, the email is in every article. There but, you go. Uh, that's the easy way to get it. That's the easy way. But yeah, check out check me out. Mike Carroza, M-I-K-E-C-A-R-R-O-Z-Z-A. I'm on Twitter and Instagram. I have a comedy album out. I do a bunch of podcasts about The Bachelor and sad music. I've got a Patreon. I do a bunch of stuff. I, in, I love you, and uh, if you want to play Magic, send me a mess. I, I'm, this is what I want to do all He the likes time. to do it. He <laughs> likes to play. Guess what? Uh, all right. Well, thanks so much for being here, buddy. It was really a pleasure, oh, and it was thanks, a lot man. of fun talking about this deck with you. Um, and like I said, we'll be back for Lost Cards, but we'll see you later. Bye. Thanks for watching. If you love what we're doing, consider supporting the show by going to patreon.com slash commandersbrew. And if you want to get any of the cards from our deck list, go to our TCG player affiliate link below. That helps us out too. And for a free way to help us out, consider sharing the show with some friends. Like and subscribe, add a comment or two. See you later. Bye.